identify with them to let them be an example for us to live the life that we should live. And so I love studying certain characters in the Bible. I can't think of a better one to study than the one we're going to look at today. And the reason we're looking at John the Baptist is because we're having a baptismal service. I have thoroughly enjoyed studying this particular person. In fact, I began to, to as I studied it, I began to uh, feel like almost that John stepped out of the Bible into my office. He just made himself so real. And God made him so uh, current today. And how important it is for us to look at this life, study this life, understand that we can be a John the Baptist. We can certainly appreciate him and live a life like he did that's pleasing to God. If you will, I want to. Now, you understand John was a relative of Jesus. His mother was Elizabeth, and his father's name was Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest at that time. So, if you will, let's read St. Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his, what? His paths straight. John came baptizing in the, in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then, or forgiveness of sins, you could put there. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. I don't know why God included John's wardrobe and his diet, but he did. What a wardrobe. Camel hair and around his belt, it was a wide leather belt. And then he ate locust. Now, you say, what did he eat? Locust? What is locust? Well, some people believe he ate from the locust tree. But most people, and I believe, that he ate grasshoppers. In fact, they sell grasshoppers today. And one person, one company said they're good to the last hop. And... Uh, <laughs> But God included, the word of God included that. I, I, I am amazed at him. I don't know how he got the honey, you know, from the bees. I don't know if he was immune to their sting or what. But this, this diet and wardrobe was interesting to me. It showed this man isolated from, from most people living in the wilderness. One translation there is the desert. He was clothed in camel hair and girded about his loins with a leather belt, and he ate locust and wild honey. And he preached, saying, there, there comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose uh, sandal strapped 
I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for the example of John the Baptist. Help us to get a glimpse, dear Father, of this man and get a glimpse of the truth of your word. Speak it not only to ours, but to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The story of John's childhood is passed over in one sentence. Not a lot about John as he grew up. Luke chapter 1 verse 80 says, The child grew and became strong in the spirit and was in the deserts, plural, till the day of his manifestation. Uh, Luke's concluding statement summarizes about 30 years of John's life. First of all, I want you to notice John the man, the Elijah of prophecy. If you would look at Malachi, or Malachi chapter three, chapter 3 and verse 1, you'll find out that John or was like the prophet Elijah in spirit and in power. He was a strange, rugged, fearless hermit of the desert crying on the banks of the Jordan. I imagine his voice was like thunder. I imagine he came forth and when he spoke, people listened. John was a strong man. He was a mighty man. He touched a lot of people's heart. In fact, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that all Judea came out to see him. Even Herod wanted to hear him, and he heard him quite often. The people of Jerusalem came out to see John. He was a powerful man of God. He was a powerful voice for the kingdom of God. Understand that he is between the law, the Old Testament, and the commandments and the day of grace, and yet he is ushering that in because he is ushering in none other than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Notice his message in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. He speaks the word repentance. You don't hear that much today. How many of you believe that it's important that we repent? From Washington, from the White House to Congress. In fact, something happened in the rotunda just a few days ago. And I want you to listen at some singing.
We have more. Can you stop it right there, Mark, and start back? Can you stop it there? There's a group of them. You'll see them, I hope, in just a moment. A number of people standing there singing. In the U.S. Capitol Rotunda, ex-LGBTs pray. Repent on behalf of the nation for sin of homosexuality. November the 1st, 2019, and this was recorded by LifeSite News, an extraordinary event took place beneath the magnificent rotunda of the United States Capitol Wednesday night. Former gay, lesbian, and transgender men and women repented and interceded on behalf of the nation for sins of homosexuality and transgender. Give the Lord a good hand. Praise some more of it, Mike or Mark. Hallelujah. See what's now? There's there's about twenty or twenty five of them. I don't know why it's not picking them up. They all have on their shirts or their sweaters changed, changed. Hallelujah! What can wash away my sin? There they are. Give the Lord a good hand. Hallelujah! It's time that America hears. The message of repentance. If he can change those people, and those people are no worse than anyone else, if you've sinned, if you're in sin, you'll go to the same hell that people that doesn't ask forgiveness goes to. But they've been forgiven. They've been changed. They've been redeemed and changed. And this is what John the Baptist came preaching. He came preaching Repentance. Repent. As I said, it's recorded in Matthew 3, 1 and 2. Uh, and you, it reminds me, it's the same message that Jesus Christ came. He came re, uh, preaching repentance. Do you hear that much today? 
I would we heard more of it. The nearness of God's reign confronted the people with an inescapable decision explains the urgency of John's message of repentance. The urgency of the gospel. Then repentance, listen to this. If you're here today, you've not done that. Repentance is a decision that results in a change of mind which in turn leads to a change of purpose and a change of action. I mean, when you get saved, you walk different. You talk different. You live different. Your life is changed. And this is what John the Baptist came preaching, and this is what we need to preach today. So you have the man, John, then you have the message of, uh, that John preached, and then you have the ministry that John, of John. He experienced, as I said, immense popularity. Great multitudes came to his baptism, and as I said, even Herod wanted to hear him speak, and he heard him gladly. His ministry lasted just about a year and a half. And this man, John the Baptist, ushered in the Savior of the world. John said something that I think is so important and that we need to hear more in the ministry, that we need to hear more in Christendom. And that is, he will increase but I must decrease. It's not me. It's not this church. It's not the preacher. It's Jesus Christ that needs to increase. Jesus said there had not been born a greater than John the Baptist. In fact, John was about to be mistaken for the Messiah. They thought he was the Christ. He said, I'm not the Christ but there's one coming after me. He's the Christ. And I'm not worried that he even reached down and untie his shoes. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Had John been inflamed with ambition, which a lot of people are, you hear more about preachers than you do about Christ sometimes. You hear more about the church than you do about Christ sometimes. You hear more about programs than you do about Christ sometimes. He's the one. He's the one that needs the praise. He's the one that needs recognition. Had John been inflamed with ambition, he could have played the role of the Messiah. He could have founded the church. He had his own, could have had his own independent gathering. He could have, if John had chosen to, snatch the crown. But he was willing to. I, I, this is one of my greatest statements that I've that I've ever heard when it comes anything that's applicable to the Bible. Instead of taking all of those things, instead of taking credit, he espoused a nation to his lover and stepped aside. Wouldn't you like to see preachers do that? Wouldn't you like to see Christians do that? Wouldn't you like to see people do that and, and recognize Jesus Christ? Donald Trump went to the Alabama LSU game uh, yesterday. You know what the Alabama team did for him? They gathered around him and prayed for him. Hallelujah. Would you thank God for people like that that will pray for our leaders? It's Christ. It's not a ball game that needs to get our attention more than anything else. 
It's not a personality. It's not a program. It's none other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What that team has sung this morning about, we recognize Jesus Christ. His willingness to decrease. There cometh one mightier than I after me. It's a, it's a natural thing to envy the growing reputation of others, especially when it seems likely to trench upon our own. John's disciples got jealous of Jesus. You know what? They came to John and they said, John, you know that man that you introduced? You know that, you know that man, Jesus? He's over there with his disciples. And they're baptizing more people than we are. John said, that's okay. You know, Brother Don, we go to this church that runs so-and-so. You know that church down the street? They're running 500. They're running 600. It's okay. If they get to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, if they get to know the Lord, if people are being saved, if they're being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's all right, hallelujah, as long as he is glorified and that Jesus Christ himself is magnifying. The disciples, I said, of John uh, were envious. Let you and I. Did you know the church down the street? That's not our, they're not our enemies. These churches aren't our enemies. The devil is our enemy. Let's keep our eyes on none other than Jesus Christ. We must remember that our true mission is to influence people to follow who? Jesus Christ. Now, let me end by saying this. The end, look, at the, look at your notes. The increase of Jesus Christ. Do I have that? John 3.30. Listen to this. Then there arose, John 3.25. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you testify, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Look at verse 28. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Father, help us not to be thinking that we're the stars. Help us not to be thinking that we're the ones that's to be seen. It is none other than Jesus Christ, the increase of Christ. Look at the question I ask here. Why do we do, and why do we in the face of unbelief and adverse criticism endorse the assertion that Christ must increase? When you look at television, when you look at Hollywood, when you look at Washington, when you look at what's happening today when it comes to people, you wonder, Lord, uh, People, I left some of my papers. Lord, how is it going to be that Christ is going to increase? He is. It's just not happening in America like it is overseas. 
He is, the Bible says so. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Read it with me. And his name will be called what? Wonderful. What's another one? Counselor. What's another one? Mighty God. What's another one? Everlasting Father. What's another one? Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's shouting words right there to me. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even evermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Look at Psalms. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. This is the father saying to the son, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. The Bible says of his reign, there will be no end. And the Bible also says when it comes to him, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I had it with us today, but I think I misplaced it. Some, some, let me see one more here. No. But I'll tell you the story. This, and I'll end with this as they prepare for, to come to the uh, platform. Listen to this story. Jesus identified himself with being with the Father. Now listen to me as, as they're moving around. Jesus identified himself as being equal with the Father. That is something that the religious leaders of that day could not understand. And that's one reason they crucified him, because he identified with the Father in the measure that he did. And when he was talking with those people, the Bible says at one place, you'll find this in John chapter 4, I mean John chapter 10, and verse 41 and other verses around it. But Jesus, the Bible says that they, they took up to kill him. They tried to, to grab him. They tried to snatch him so they could murder him. And the Bible says he got out of their way. He left. And then he went to where John, this is what it says. Can you put up verses, John 10? I, I really need this. John 10, uh, 40 and 41, Mark. John 10, verses 40 and 41. This is important. Stay with me. So Jesus went uh, away from there so they couldn't get him. And uh, he came to, listen to this, he came to where John baptized, where he did much of his baptizing because there was a lot of water there. And uh, here it is. Thank you so much, Mark. Look at it. Look at verse 40. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where he left because they were trying to kill him. Where John was baptizing at first. And there he stayed. Verse 41. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign. But all the things that John spoke about this man is true. John did not perform a miracle. John did not perform a sign. But these people were there where John was doing much of the baptism. They said, what 
they said, what he said about this man, Jesus Christ, is true. And the Bible says, go to the next uh, verse. And many believed in him. Brother Don, I can't perform miracles. I, I don't have necessarily a ministry that reaches out and touches a lot of people. I'm not that kind of person. I don't have that kind of personality. I'm not able to do all these great things that other people. I'm speaking to every person in this church today. You may not be able to sing like Matt. You might, be not, might not be able to play a guitar. You might not be able to do things, but I'm here to tell you, those verses encouraged me so much. It's because he went to the place where John was baptizing. There were so many people there, and they said, John didn't perform any miracles, but what he said, every one of us can say something about Jesus Christ. Every one of us can testify about the grace and the love and the ministry and what Christ will do in your life. You can't say, well, I can't do this. I can't do the other. I'm not that kind of a person. I can't preach. I can't sing. But you can tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. And they'll say, what that person said about Jesus, let them get saved. What that person said about Jesus is true. And here we have, because of John. You know how long he'd been dead? Two years. John had been dead two years. His testimony, his life, he cast a shadow, and that shadow was still moving after two years. Let me tell you somebody's shadow that's still moving after two years is my wife's dad, Zeb Holder. He's been dead over 50 years, and his shadow is still being cast. His testimony is still alive. A man that had a third-grade education, a man that started a church, And that church is still alive today. If you will decide to teach and to preach and to love and, you know, whatever you can with a testimony about the Lord Jesus Christ, it will change your life. It will move people around you. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for this message. We thank you for the truth I had earned. We thank you for the truth of your word. We ask you, dear God, now to let it be Uh, alive in us may it not lay dormant but may the Holy Spirit prick our hearts today move us dear God to a place that that your love and your kindness can reach out to someone else through our life I pray dear God that our lights would so shine that people could see the good works of the believer And they would accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Search our hearts here this morning. May every man, every woman, every young person, may they be able to say, I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know him as my Lord. I follow him. I hear his voice through his word. It touches my heart. God, we thank you for that. Let's keep our heads bowed for just a moment as we sing some of this song. Let it touch your life. Let it draw you. Let it speak to you. Amazing grace. Amazing grace.
Oh, hallelujah. But now I see. Oh, yes, it did. Sing it, my chains are gone. Chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has pursued me and loved that you're free from sin, that you're free from all the bondage that Satan would bring to you. If you can't, I want you to be able to do that before we leave you today. Would you bow your heads again, Father? Again, we're so thankful, Lord, for the testimony of John. Help us, dear God, to have that kind of humility. Help us, dear God, to be able to say, I must decrease, but Jesus Christ must increase in my life. May Jesus Christ, in the year of 2020, increase to the point that we can't help but tell someone else about him, that we can see people saved and delivered and set free from the bondage of sin and Satan. Here today, you say, preacher, I need prayer about my spiritual walk with the Lord. Slip up that hand right now. God bless you. I see that hand. Are there others? Come on, lift them up. God bless you. I see that hand. God sees that hand. Brother Don, I need prayer concerning my spiritual walk with the Lord. And I want you to join with me. The Bible says if two shall agree as touching only one thing, it shall be done. Just slip up that hand. God bless you. It's all right. Slip them up all over the building. God bless you. Anyone else, slip up that hand. Now, Father, you see the hands. You see the hearts. You see those, dear God, that want to draw closer to you. God, that they want their first love restored. God, that they want to remove themselves from being, dear God, lukewarm into a a real relationship with you. 
that is on fire and that their testimony, Lord, is burning with zeal. We believe that today and we pray for that and we claim it in Jesus' name. One more time. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior. My Savior. Take someone by the hand and sing this song. Come on. Take someone by the hand and sing it. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Oh, yes, they have. God is setting free today. God is setting you free today. Lift that heart. Sing it unto the Lord. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Now before you're seated, shake hands with two people and say, God bless you. And tell them, my chains are gone. Then you may be seated. seated hallelujah now we have several things we want to do and it's exciting first of all we want to have those that's going to be joining the church to come in just a moment and join the church and then we'll have them to, to take a seat and uh, then we want to have the baptismal candidates to have a testimony if you have one and we hope you do uh, and again, we're excited about that. And then we'll have our uh, break so they can get prepared to change clothes and get prepared for the baptism. And then we'll have the right hand of fellowship for all of those that's going to be joining the church. One of the most countercultural things you can do is become an engaged member of a faithful local church. If I would ask you today, why should you join a church? I'd probably get all kinds of answers, and probably most of you would have a real good answer why we, why each person should belong to a local church. Let me give you just a few, and there are certainly more. In joining a church, you can make visible your commitment to Jesus Christ and his people. And a lot of people don't, don't want to make commitments today. It's this culture. I don't want to make commitments today. But you that's going to be joining, you're going to be making a commitment, not only to the church, but to Jesus Christ. Another reason, church membership keeps us accountable. Would you think we need to be accountability today? Certainly do. 
That's one of the reasons we have so many people that fall, so many people that backslide, so many people that get away from the church because they're not accountable to anyone. So joining the church makes us accountable. Now the reason to surrender yourself with God's people. This is God's people. I can't think of anyone I'd rather be with than God's people. The church, part of the body of Jesus Christ. Uh, Second of all, to submit yourself to godly leadership. Scriptural and such a need today to submit ourselves to godly leadership. Another reason you have a greater opportunity, and I love this one, to use your spiritual gifts in the church. I asked you earlier, what, what has God called you to do? There's a parable in the Bible where God gave out gifts and talents. One of them that was given one talent went and hid his talent. Are you hiding your talent today? I hope not. If not, if you are, now's a good time to be part of a growing, exciting ministry of body of believers that you can use your talent for the Lord. Uh, And then membership produces spiritual growth. You'll grow better when you belong united to a body of believers. 